friends. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Layton, and thank you for joining me in our journey to hope. It is my desire through this podcast to bring you information about how to discover, sustain, or perhaps regain hope. Well, today I'm joined by a very special guest, a man that I consider to be a personal friend, Wes McAdams. Wes has dedicated his life to bringing others hope, and he does that through bringing them our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a well-known author, speaker, and online personality. Well, hello, Wes. Hey, Dave. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, my friend. Doing great. And I am very thrilled to have you as a guest on on, uh, this podcast. Well, I've already said some things about you, but I would like you to tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. I preach for the uh, the Church of Christ on McDermott Road in Plano, Texas, which is just north of Dallas, uh, married to my wife, Holly, and we have two boys, uh, 15 and 12, something like that. It's uh, it, it seems like they're, they're about five or six years older than I think they are all the time. So my oldest one is even taller than I am now. So I turn around and, and, and he's outgrown me, but uh, having a lot of fun uh, raising teenage boys and and preaching here in, in the North Dallas area. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy, uh, I subscribe to the uh, Facebook page for McDermott Road and uh, really enjoy those uh, one minute sections from from your uh lesson for that week i they're they're nice to the point i walk away from it every time i hear one of them feeling motivated i really enjoy that um not all the time but occasionally if i have the time i'll click on the link to hear the full lesson but i I really enjoy that on the facebook page thanks for doing that well i was trying to think the other day how long we've known each other and i cannot remember how we initially met but i know i used to listen to your Sunday morning, uh, well, I don't know that you called it a podcast, but it was a Sunday morning uh, short lesson that you had. Uh, we were, that was back in 2015. We were um, planting a new congregation of the Lord's Church up in Tuncanic, Pennsylvania. And uh, so my wife and I, well, we were living in our uh, RV during that time. And so we would tune in uh, to that. And then as soon as that was over, uh, we'd, head over to the our little church building and uh we're, we're able to do the lessons but I always enjoyed your thoughts and and uh, they were encouraging uh, the one that I remember specifically you were going through each one of the books of the bible and you asked the question each time what do you think is the main point that's coming out of this particular book and I want to come back to that a little bit later because I want you to tell our audience about your book uh, beyond the verse, but we're going to come back to that right now. Uh, in this episode, folks, uh, I've challenged Wes to speak about the hope that we receive being members of God's family. And so, Wes, when someone obeys our Lord's will, they become a child of God. Uh, he or she is added to God's kingdom, but they're also added to a family, a wonderful family. And so uh, that's what I'd like to discuss with you, what that means and how we gain hope from that. So first, your thoughts on what does it mean by God's family? Mm. 
I heard a term not too long ago for the first time. I'd never heard the term fictive kinship. Uh, fictive meaning fic- like like the word fictitious. Uh, in other words, it's a it's a kinship that's not by blood. And in the ancient world, a person could form a fictive kinship with other people by making a covenant with them. And so when a, a king or a lord formed a covenant with a group of people, he could become like a father to them. And so they would become his family. And all of the people with whom he had a fictive kinship became family with one another. So they became part of the same group, even if they weren't of the same ethnicity, even if they weren't blood related, they became kin in in a sense. And so those that that kinship, even a fictive kinship, carries with it responsibilities that that when you are when you're family with someone you have a responsibility to them obviously the father and in this case god if we're talking about being part of god's family if god becomes the father to a group of people and first he he did that with israel he became israel's father he israel became his child because he made a covenant with them he took on responsibility to to care for them the way a father cares for a child uh i think about passages like hosea 11 uh, god says through hosea when israel was a child i loved him and out of egypt i called my son then he he laments that the more they were called the more they went away and they kept sacrificing to the baals and burning offerings to idols so God laments the fact that he brought them out of Egypt, and by bringing them out of Egypt and making a covenant with them at Sinai, he was becoming their father and having that that responsibility and that care for them the way a father does for his children. And so he formed that that covenant family relationship with them. And now, as you pointed out, through Jesus, God has made that covenant with us. And so we have become a, we have taken on this fictive kinship, not only with God, but also with one another. So even though you and I aren't blood related, we have this kinship in Jesus. And so we have responsibility to each other the way that that blood relatives would have a responsibility for each other. And we're supposed to think of ourselves in that way towards each other, but also towards God. Oh man, I have never heard of that term fictive membership. I like that. I'm going to chase that a little bit further in my own studies. You know, something that uh, I wrote in my notes as I was thinking about this is if I know anything about God, well, and obviously there's a lot that God reveals to us, but something that I see consistently is that God is a family oriented deity. He is addressed as God, our father, Jesus himself, he's even addressed him. And now you've actually added a depth to that with the idea of fictive membership. I I really like that. And along with that, obviously then is the commitment that uh, a father would have for his family. So that's a good thing as well. And, and again, I, I was thinking about this family I've used the term family and kingdom as as we talk about it, but family is such a warm and personal and more inviting and inclusive relationship because, you know, we think about a close family member. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody had a good father-child relationship necessarily, but but there is that idea 
of, of that warm relationship. And so that's what I see. You touched on it. Uh, next thought I had about this, uh, some similarities as well as some differences between being a member of a physical family and being a member of God's family. Share some thoughts on that, please. Yeah. Well, I, as with any relationship in the flesh, there's going to be problems with with any any physical fleshly relationship that we have. For one, people are not perfect. We we aren't perfect both in a moral sense, but also in a mortal sense. We have limitations. We don't know everything. We, we but but even beyond the fact that we don't know everything or can't be everywhere for our family. We also let our family down. We we make mistakes. I always say that that the best relationships that we have, whether it be a marriage or whether it be a, a parent-child relationship or a sibling relationship, any relationship we have, even a good one, is is slightly off kilter. It is it's broken to some degree. And so there's there's the fact that we don't we don't know each other's thoughts. Uh, we disappoint one another. We let each other down. We fail each other in various ways. But then, when we talk about our relationship with God, all of those all of those shortcomings of our fleshly relationships aren't present. God knows our every need and he knows our every desire he knows what we what we need what we what we ask for beyond what we ask for what we beyond what we hope for god knows all of these things and and he's able to do for us what we can't do for ourselves and so god is is the perfect father and physical fathers fleshly fathers disappoint us whether that's because they're they're imperfect or because they they just uh, are not all powerful the way god that's exactly right and god is completely perfect and he is completely faithful and he always keeps his promises so going back to that idea of a a lord or a king or a, a just a, a person making a covenant and therefore forming a kinship with someone they they might intend to keep that covenant with them to be faithful to them but inevitably they're going to fall short of keeping that that covenant as perfectly and faithfully as god keeps that covenant jesus says things like in matthew chapter 7 he says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be open or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Jesus says, even though you're you're evil, you you know how to give good things to your children. How much more so your father gives these good things to you? So fathers are naturally inclined to give good things to their children. And fathers, human fathers, even us, are are evil or imperfect, but God is is good and he is the perfect father. So he is is faithful, he is all powerful, he is he is all-knowing, he is ever present, and he always keeps his promises. So uh, God is better even than a good father. I, I want to touch on the idea of faithfulness. These are direct benefits that 
members of God's family receive. Again, uh, the imagery of God as our Father. Uh, we have his unfailing love as his children and also his faithfulness, as you touched on. There's something else that fathers are typically willing to do, and I, I think God shows that, or showed that, and that is a father typically willing to give of himself first for the, for the good of the family, for what, what needs to be done with the family. I appreciated that you brought out Matthew 7 because God knows what we need. He gives good things. As a father in a family, that's an expectation. And, and even though, as you said, we're imperfect and we might not uh, live up to that expectation, it's still there. But God follows through with that. God followed through with that. He gave of himself to his son, Jesus Christ. And so those are some direct benefits that we receive. And I like to tell people that therein lies our hope, that confident assurance. God's going to be there. God's going to be um, in our lives and, and guiding our lives. So all of that's a big part of it. People want to pray. God wants us to pray to him. And again, I, in, in my teachings on prayer, I tell people that all of the promises about prayer that God made in Scripture are made to his people, his family, Israel. All of the examples of prayer uh, prayed to God were, or the promises about prayer to Israel. They were his children. We, today as his children, all of the references to prayer are to his people. Now, Obviously, if God wishes to answer the prayer of someone not his child, well, praise God. But I tell people, don't be surprised if the first answer to that prayer is how to become a child of God, because then then it's a promise to us. And I think about uh, Paul uh, as Saul. Uh, Ananias came to him. The first thing that had to happen was, Saul, you need, you need to become a child of God. And Saul followed through. Cornelius is another great example, a very devout man. God, the Holy Spirit sent Peter to answer him. Uh, the Ethiopian with, with Philip is another example. So there, uh, time and again, uh, I tell people, oh, yeah, we need to pray. Absolutely, we need to pray. Don't be surprised if the first answer or a part of that answer is become a child of God. Okay. I, I kind of chased a little bit of a, a of a rabbit there, but it's just again it goes back to God's faithfulness to His children, and we we have hope there. All right, I want to know a little bit more about your book Beyond the Verse. I've read it a couple of times. I do not have a paper copy now because I gave it away. That's not a bad thing, but I do have it available on Audible, and in fact, I'm listening to it. Now, it's it's something that I like to listen to and relax with because you 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 just have your your reader has a great way of presenting it and the thoughts in it are just wonderful. So, all right, that's enough about me talking about it. I'd, I'd like to hear some from you about it. Oh well, thanks, brother. I 
I wrote the book, I really wrote it as a series of blog posts. I was reading through the Bible sort of in a unique way one year where I was reading a book at a time in one sitting. And it was something that I was encouraging Christians to do because it's what we, it's what we do with other pieces of literature. It's what we do with uh, a movie. We, we wouldn't typically say that we've watched a movie if we had only watched bits and pieces of it here and there, but that's, tends to be how we read the Bible. We read the Bible in little bitty snippets and and clips here and there, rather than sitting down in one sitting and reading from beginning to end. In most books of the Bible, we get a little bit intimidated and think, oh, there's no way I could do that with, and there's some that are difficult. Genesis is hard, Exodus, Leviticus. These longer books are difficult to sit and read in one sitting or in, even in one day. Uh, but most books of the Bible are fairly short. You can read all of the epistles, uh, especially the the shorter epistles, in a matter of minutes, and even the longer ones in an hour or two. And the but even the longest books of the Bible, excluding the Book of Psalms, but most of the the longer books of the Bible could be read in in a few hours. And and I think that that that's a an exercise that is worthwhile to sit down and just read it. In as in as short a period of time as possible. Some people can't read it in one sitting, and some of the longer books I would do in a day. But I really wanted to sit down with each book of the Bible and just really get the overview and say, if I sat down and read through this like I was watching a movie, where I was keeping the beginning in mind, even as I got to the end, and just looking at the whole picture. What would I what would I walk away thinking about this book? What was the author's uh, train of thought? What was he trying to get across to his audience? And I I did this with each book of the Bible again, excluding the Book of Psalms, and and I as I I did that I recorded my thoughts and shared them with people as blog posts, and I was encouraged as I did it to to publish that as a book, and so eventually that's what I did and and published my thoughts on each book of the Bible as a as a book because I wanted not only for people to 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 hear my thoughts on it, but more importantly for people to try that experiment with that themselves and sit down and read whole books in one sitting. You've presented another way of looking at God's word through this book, um, beyond the verse. I find it very thought provoking. You and I have talked about a couple of points you bring out where I've asked for clarification. And, and, uh, so anyway, and by the way, every time I read the book or listen to it, I learn something new and that's always a great thing. God's word's alive. And, and so I'm not surprised. Okay. Anyway, it's a great book. Well That's done. Fun. Thank you. Uh, one more thing. Uh, you have a very informative, and I use the word entertaining. I don't necessarily mean it in the traditional sense of entertaining, but I find it I, I've, that it, it encourages me. It, it, uh, it's a very positive thing, and that is your, your uh, podcast. And so please tell our audience uh, about that and, and where it's located. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, it's uh, you can find all of my stuff at radicallychristian.com or the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast anywhere they can download their their podcast. It's uh, you know, it's it's just a, a an attempt to to study the Bible together, but our our 
our tagline is learning to love like Jesus, that we want to look at scripture and figure out how do we love God the way Jesus loves God? How do we love our neighbor the way Jesus loves his neighbor? How do we love our brothers and sisters in the family of God the way Jesus loves his family? And and how do we how do we become the kind of person that Jesus is? Well, I enjoy listening to it um, and, and we'll continue to listen to it. Any closing points, brother? Anything uh, else about hope that you want to throw out there? No, I think I think that this is a great tie-in to the idea of hope and the family of God. That that we we have been adopted into the family of God. God has made a covenant with us through Jesus, and because of that, we are going to inherit everything that belongs to God's Son Jesus. We're going to inherit everything that belongs to him. We're going to be co-heirs with Jesus because we're part of his family. And that's what hope is all about. And we experience not in a complete way, obviously, but we experience some of that now because we have a family here on this earth that, that uh, is there for us and encourages us just like regular families, sometimes good Mm -hmm. days, but sometimes days where we remember, well, we are family. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, overall, it is such a joy and such a blessing. Uh, the the past year, when I was challenged with cancer, times when uh, other family members have been ill, and even going on right now with some of our family members that are struggling with different things, their hope is challenged. We're there for them, and we we share with one another and care for one another. So yeah, there's a tremendous amount of hope found in God's family, and so we encourage people become a member of God's family, be added to that family. Well, all right, my brother, I want to thank you for your time and insights. It, uh, it's been a joy. Well, friends, thank you for joining us as together we journey to hope. I invite you to continue listening to the podcast so that you can gain insights into not only your journey to hope, but how together we can help others in their journey. I invite you to contact me if you have questions or comments or you wish to share with me something you've experienced in your journey to hope. My email is ourjourneytohope at gmail.com. That's ourjourney and the number two, hope at gmail.com. I look forward to sharing more with you soon. Again, thank you for listening. And until our next episode, remember, we give all glory to God our Father.